Hey there, and welcome to the She Calls Her Shots podcast. Every week we chat through different business building topics that will help you gain clarity around your goals, find inspiration in your journey, and also help you create a life and a business that you love. My name is Krista and I'm a wedding and brand photographer and your go-to no-fluff business coach. In these episodes, we talk through both the tactical strategies, habits, and the mindset work that'll help you take those really big leaps. And we always focus on the real talk and the behind the scenes of what it takes to create a sustainable and a thriving business. Because let's be honest, the work isn't always glamorous, but it's always worth it. So girlfriend, let's make some moves and start calling our own shots. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the She Calls Her Shots podcast. I am so excited about this conversation today because we are talking about how you can customize your inquiries to better convert them into bookings. And honestly, this is one of the most common things that I hear when I work with one-on-one with my coaching clients is I often hear this wish that they could somehow have a higher conversion from their, their inquiries. And that's exactly what we're talking about in today's episode. So we are chatting with Rachel Traxler, who is a wedding and elopement photographer and a business coach, all about how we can optimize our new client inquiry forms to create higher booking conversions and overall just add to that amazing client experience that we all want to create. Rachel is giving away so many great tips today, and I know that whether you're a photographer, an online business owner, a coach, like wherever you are in your business, you're going to take away so many golden nuggets. And honestly, client inquiry forms, booking forms are always going to be a work in progress. And so I can promise you that even if you just redid yours, if you love yours, like it's always so helpful to hear ways that we can improve that process and just create a more buttoned up system for ourselves and for our clients. So Rachel loves to empower other ambitious wedding photographers to help them become in demand by elevating their client connection so they can work less and serve more. Rachel's helped thousands of photographers and entrepreneurs over the past few years through her courses, workshops, one-on-one meetings, and she's also the host of the Gold Biz podcast, where she releases two episodes a week, interviewing experts and breaking down the ins and outs of entrepreneurship. So I can tell you, if you are a fan of the She Calls Her Shots podcast, I highly recommend checking out Rachel's podcast as well. So all of that said, let's go ahead and dive right into today's episode. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. I'm so excited that we connected. It's always so much fun connecting with other photographers and other creatives. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'd love to, before we kind of dive in, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to my audience. So just let us know like who you are, where you're located, what you do, what you specialize in, all of that stuff. Yes, I would love to. So my name is Rachel Traxler and I am a Wisconsin wedding and elopement photographer and also a photography business coach for other photographers and also a podcaster. So doing kind of all the things as well. I love that. And how long, take us back to the beginning, kind of how did that evolve? Because I know for me, like I started when I was in college with wedding photography and then it wasn't until recently that like the podcast and the coaching started. I'd love to hear kind of about like your journey and how that evolved. Did you have like formal training in photography? Did you teach yourself? Yeah, I love that. So I was all self-taught. Um, I didn't go to school for photography. I never wanted to be a full-time photographer. I actually uh, went to school for 
exercise science. I worked in like, and then after college, I worked in the cancer center at Mayo Clinic in Rochester. So I worked in the medical field and I actually never wanted to go full-time photography. I always wanted to keep it part-time, but things kind of started picking up with my photography as my job in the medical field kind of started going down and I realized it wasn't fulfilling for me. Um, I'm an Enneagram type mm-hmm. seven. And so I was sitting in like a windowless office in the medical field, like following protocol. And it just was not fulfilling for me. Um, I'm an Enneagram seven. So I need, you know, spontaneous adventure, like change yeah. I need new things. I get bored easy. And so I found that my husband's one that really pushed me and inspired me to do full, uh, photography full time. And I made the leap and I have not looked back and it's so much more fitting for me. And like I said, I feel like I just kind of was all self-taught right away just because back then when I started education, wasn't really as much of a big Mm-mm. thing back then. You and had so, to have like hands on. It was like, yeah, no, you did. <laughs> you did. it just wasn't as you know easily accessible. It wasn't really offered as much as it is these days. And so I was self-taught to a certain extent. And then as once I started realizing the education and like workshops and because I think things started for me like with workshops anyways. I feel like those were the things I'd noticed start happening first with the, in the education field. And so I started doing those and then I started investing into like online education and I'm an education junkie. I love it all. Um, and so I really started with that, but just re- been able to really form and grow my business over the years. And I just love serving and helping and teaching other people. I've always been the type of person just to help the next person in line with everything in my life. I feel like I've just always been that person. And so it makes sense for me that I wanted to then teach other photographers kind of what I had learned up to this point, just because I do feel like it's really cool that just for like you and I both with where we're at and like when we started, the fact that education wasn't a big thing back then that we all kind of had to mm-hmm. learn our, on our own. For a lot of things. Make a lot of mistakes, try a lot of things. I know. I'm always just like, oh my goodness, if I can give you stuff, you are going to like go, you're going to be so better, like a lot quicker than I was. You're going to grow so much quicker than I did. It took me years because I was doing this by myself. I stripped down my Mm -hmm. whole business, I stripped down my whole experience and built it back up, built foundations and funnels and systems. And it took a while to do that. And so I'm like, I know you can do this so much quicker than I did, but here you go. Here to learn from my mistakes here. Um, and then I started doing education and working my way into coaching. And then also recently started a podcast all within the last few years. And, um, it's just been so fulfilling. I feel like it's truly like my life purpose. I feel like I've never felt so aligned and called into just where I'm at now. And I still photograph weddings and I have an associate team who photographs weddings for my team as well. And I just love that so much too. So I love in the, I love the place I'm at right now that I'm still doing both, that I'm still able yeah. to do both. And I just am really loving this season. Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned that. When we talk, I, I love talking about Enneagrams because I'm a nine, but I always talk about how I'm like most drawn to threes and sevens because just yeah. like the energy and like everything. And like a lot of, I found like there's a lot of threes and sevens that are business owners. And then like every time, anytime I connect with another nine, because I'm like, oh, I feel like we're like the quiet ones over here <laughs> that are just like, hi, I'm building a business. But the energies I feel like, and I totally get that when you're working somewhere, um, that's just like not the right fit. And that's one of the things that I, I can't, when, when we're recording this, I had a recent conversation on the podcast with someone about, you know, it's so hard because you grow up with this idea or like you go to school and you have this idea of like who you're going to be and what you're going to do. And 
I was never one that was like, oh, I never thought I would have my own business. Like that was not a thing. And then when I started my business in college, I was like, oh, cool. I can like make extra money. Like it was just like this, it was always a side thing for me. And so it was so hard when I started to embrace like, oh, actually, but I really like doing this. <laughs> but yeah. I'm so glad that I did because yeah, like the evolution of like, I still very much love photography, but adding in the podcast, adding in coaching, it was like all these little things that I would have never guessed that I would have, I would have ever enjoyed doing. And so it's like that encouragement for anyone out there. It's like, if you have that little nudge, that's like, maybe I should try this. Like, what is this? Like explore it. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that so much. I know. And it's funny because I always thought I was a nine too for a while, like an Enneagram nine, because like I totally resonate with that. But um, yeah. it is funny because, yeah, I agree. Like I never thought I was going to be. So I always wanted to work in the medical field or business. Like I was a dancer growing up and I always wanted to go into school for business to open my own dance studio. And mm. I also really loved the medical field. And Sure enough, my mom works in the medical field. My dad owns his own business. So I kind of had those two inspirations there. And then I tried working in the medical field, didn't work. And now I run my own business. And it's funny. I look back. I'm like, now that I look back, I'm like, I've always had a little entrepreneur heart because in middle school, I would make like beaded bracelets and like for my friends, but then I would try to like sell them at my locker in between classes for a dollar. And I'm like, looking back, it's so funny. I'm like, I always did have a little entrepreneur heart and I didn't mm -hmm. even realize it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Isn't that so funny? It's like, I have like, it's the same thing where you look back at your old, like previous tendencies. And I'm like, I was always so scrappy. I was like, we can make this. I was always that person. I was like, yeah. no, we can, we can make this work. We can do it. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny that that like played into like <laughs> building funny? a business. Yeah. Once you look back, you're like, oh, it all makes sense. <laughs> exactly. But in the time you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Right, Sometimes even right. now I'm still like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But, exactly. um, but I love that so much. And I'm excited today. Kind of the thing that we're really going to dive into talking about is like customizing your inquiries to convert into bookings. Because I think that's like one of the biggest struggles, especially for photographers is like, okay, I have people finding my work. Like it's the visibility isn't isn't the issue, but it's how do I then differentiate myself enough to have them be like, yes, you are our person. Like, this is who we want to work with. So I'd love for you to just dive into maybe like, um, some of the things that you've seen in your own business or like through coaching with other people, like things that have really helped to kind of move that needle forward and like really convert those, um, potential clients. Yes. So I can kind of give a little rundown of kind of what I think, and then we can kind of dive into deep into those sections a little bit deeper. But I think the first okay. thing is to really look at your contact form, like what questions you're asking, all of that. And then the second thing is to really analyze your contact form submission. So analyze what people are saying back to you. And then you want to customize your response too, because a lot of people are just doing the same type of responses. So you really want to customize that. And then you also want to maybe consider doing custom proposals instead of just having standard price um, that you're sending to everybody. And then another thing is a huge, the call to action and like wanting to maybe get them on the phone instead of just using email. So having a call to action that's like really clear and it's just one. And then the follow-up because the follow-up is very, very important. So those are kind of the aspects that I kind of had outlined to talk about today. So we can dive into all of those things deeper. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. So yeah, if we start with just the first thing I said, just like looking at your contact form. Again, I want you to think like, are you asking the right questions? Because I see so many photographers asking either like too many questions or not enough questions or even just questions that 
are just not relevant because and just almost taking up space and aren't questions that are actually compelling questions. And really the whole point of your contact form is just to have it easy to find, easy to read, easy to fill out because you just want people to hit submit on that form so that you can take control over their experience and just like the communication you have with them from there. And like I said, I see so many photographers asking questions that just aren't relevant or aren't really serving a deeper purpose, um, which my, in my opinion, like I was saying, it's kind mm-hmm. of just like a waste of space. So I had a call with someone earlier today and I was saying, if something on your website's not really serving a purpose, if you can't look at that and say, this is the reason I ask this question, this is the reason this is on here, and it has a reason that's compelling and converting, then I think it's just wasted space. So you should always ask yourself with everything on your website, but your contact form and even the questions in your contact form are no different. So just really making sure you're asking the right questions. Kind of an example that I see too, with people asking me, but they ask people for their phone numbers on the contact form. And I just think mm-hmm. that's not something during a contact form that you you should need at this point. Um, and what that might do is scare people away from filling it out because they're maybe say like, I don't really want to give them my phone number. I don't know them yet. We haven't even talked yet, but I have to submit my phone number to even submit the form. And so it might like scare people away or not even, um, they, they're not going to fill out the form. It's going to like to tear them from that and they're not going to fill it out at all. Because you really just want people to fill out your form, get in your inbox that you can take control over the experience and the communication from there. So I would say the first thing to like just making sure that you're customizing your inquiries to like convert them into booking is just looking at what questions you have on your contact form and making sure that every single question serves a point and you have a specific reason of why you're asking it. Yeah, that's a great point. Do you have like a certain amount? Like obviously there's like the – for any contact form, it's like you have the necessary information that you like need to be able to see like what is the date, you know, like what's the venue, what's the location, like all of that kind of stuff. How many like extra questions – do you find yourself asking those questions that you sometimes ask um, like during like a consultation call to try and get them to like describe more of their day or do you keep it more like basic? Hey friend, I want to make sure you know about my upcoming free workshop, Seasons of Growth. This workshop is going to be super valuable to photographers that want to learn how to maintain a thriving photography business in the midst of the slower seasons. I know how frustrating it can feel when inquiries aren't coming in, especially when you see other photographers booking out their sessions consistently. This workshop is going to be classroom style and super interactive, meaning that you're going to get real-time coaching from me on how you can create more momentum and visibility inside your business, meaning more inquiries coming in and more booked clients. These are the same strategies that I've used to help my one-to-one clients book more sessions, and I'm bringing them all to you during the workshop. You can learn more and save your spot by visiting heychristamarie.com forward slash workshop. I can't wait to see you there. I try to keep it basic because if it's something that I'm going to tie, I know I'm going to talk to them deeper on a phone call, I save it for the phone call. Like it doesn't need to be asked mm-hmm. right up front because they might not know the answer. And if they don't know the answer, they're not going to fill out this, the contact form. So I think there is definitely an art to figuring out what questions to ask and what questions are kind of important. Again, asking yourself if they're serving a purpose. Um, yeah. And then even like at this that, stage. Yes. At this exact stage. Um you don't, because I know I see as I do like website audits and stuff, I see people asking questions. I'm like, this could be a question 
that they ask during their engagement session questionnaire, not during a contact, not on a contact form where this is their first point of communication with you. It's not relevant at this moment. And I think that's a huge thing with client experience in general. And just like your entire workflow and experiences, you want to look and make sure you're asking them and like providing them the right information and resources at that right exact time. There's such an art to it because if you're asking them a question at like the wrong time or you're providing them a resource at the wrong time, it's not going to give them a solid, like really good experience. So that's something mm-hmm. to think about too. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And then the next thing too. So once they fill out your contact form and they get in your inbox and they submit that, you really want to analyze the contact form submissions that you get. And there's three things, three things that I like to do and kind of like pick up on from that initial inquiry. If you're asking the right questions again on the contact form, it's really going to help you deliver a really custom response and just have a higher chance of creating connection with people. And obviously a connection leads to conversion because we as humans just desire that connection and all of that. So there's three things that I want you to look at and try to pick up on on initial inquiry forms that people submit. Number one is picking up on their basic human needs. And that is um, a theory by Tony Robbins. So there's six basic human needs. And the first one is certainty. So it's basically the assurance and safety that something is going to happen or for photography's sake, exactly what someone's going to get from you from your services or working with you. Um, so that's one. Uh, second one is variety. So that's just like the need to having options. People want options or just having, again, for photography's sake, having the choice between different packages options or different location options and just having variety and having options. People like to know that their options are open and they don't have to do specific things. So that could be one of their basic human needs as well. Um, the third basic human need is significance. So That's just people want to feel unique or important or really special, which um, is really important, obviously, for service-based providers just to provide a really custom experience um, for your clients. But for example, this might be a couple who really values having their weddings featured or showcased on your website or your social media or for blog posts or anything like that. So when you can pick up on like either certainty, variety, significance, any of these things on their form, you know how to kind of respond to them. And the fourth one is connection and love. And this is personally my highest basic human need. So I I always suggest to, to look at your basic human needs and kind of rank them in what yours are and how you perceive love, and then kind of look at a potential client and kind of see what theirs might be too. So connection and love, um, it's basically... Like that, that's why I think this is my highest. I think that's why I love client connection so much and just making sure I'm providing a really custom experience to my clients. But it's basically just like the desire to wanting to feel loved and connected and needed, which is how, you know, we all should be and all should be making our, our clients feel as well. And then the fifth one is growth. So someone, and that's like growth is someone kind of who desires to always want to grow and be better, which I think as us as service-based entrepreneurs, we should always strive for as well. Um, And then the last one is contribution. So it's kind of like a sense of community and focus on like helping people and giving and supporting other people, which again, I also think is something that we love to do for our clients and our audience and our community. And so again, those are kind of like the six basic human needs. And once you can look at an inquiry form and pick up on like which basic human need is important to them, it's going to help you better understand how to respond to them and how to respond to that inquiry. So for example, if someone goes like really into depth on 
their contact form about every single detail about their love story, how they met, uh, the proposal story, all of that stuff. Maybe you can kind of assume that their basic human need is love and connection. So then therefore you can gush your response. You can just like gush over their stories with them and let them know how mm-hmm. cool you think it is, how cool you think and like their wedding's going to be and how excited you are to kind of tie that in their photos into their photo experience. Or another example would be maybe they talk about what they're most excited for their wedding is like all their details of their day and their venue and that they got the best vendors and the best wedding venue and all that stuff. Um, then maybe you can assume that their basic human need is significance. So therefore, if you can tell that they value significance, you can provide them with resources like um, where you've been featured or maybe some featured blog posts of weddings and like what that can kind of look like for people. So that's tip number one of three of how to like connect that with um, like analyzing their response from a contact form. So those are like the six basic human needs. Once you can pick up on what basic human need there is, that's also going to help you like create a custom response to them. Um, and the second one is their love language. So obviously everybody perceives love very differently. So we shouldn't be treating everyone the exact same, right? We shouldn't be like responding to everyone the exact same. And we personally, as humans, like we tend to treat people the way that we perceive love. I know like I've experienced mm-hmm. this with my husband too. I'm like, well, my love, my like love language is quality time, but his is acts of service. And so it's like, I'm sure trying to show him love this way, but he's trying to show me love this way and we perceive it differently. And so I think it's really important to try to pick that up on from initial inquiry form too, so that you can serve them and show them love in a way that they perceive it. And it's just going to help deliver more of a customized experience for them, just the way you respond. And it's ultimately then when you're doing all of this, it's going to lead to like a higher converting booking rate because you're taking that time to make that connection. But some examples, Mm -hmm. I guess, ways to like pick up on love languages um, in their inquiry form. So maybe she says that they're a really PDA couple. Then you can probably guess that their one or both of their love languages is probably physical touch. Or if they talk about how like their favorite activity to do is go to the lake and watch the sunset or like have some drinks or anything like that, you might know that their love language is maybe quality time. And then you can maybe tie that into the photo session or like kind of respond in that type of way. Or maybe he's a nurse and he loves taking care of people. And then maybe you can assume his love language is maybe acts of service because he likes to take care of people. Or maybe like for the proposal, like he surprised her with tickets to her favorite concert or something like that. Then maybe you can know that his love language is gifts or something like that. And then like Mm -hmm. once you know their love language, whether you pick up on it now in the initial inquiry or even ask them in a questionnaire later, whatever you can do, you can show them that love by giving them their love language in return. And you can give that to them in your response back to them or in person at like the uh, the session that you have with them. So for example, if their love language is gifts and you know from the questionnaire that you ask them that their favorite snacks are like Swedish fish candy or something like that, then you know that you can show up to your session, to the session with them with Swedish fish candy. And you're giving Mm -hmm. them, showing them love in a way that they are perceiving it. But then also you can take really fun photos with it too um, and kind of have it be like special and cute and make sense for them. So that's another way too that you really want to look at the way you're responding and customize it to them to show them love is basically try to figure out their love language. Um, And then the last one... Yeah. And then the last one, the way to analyze like 
their contact form is to analyze to see if they're either right brain thinkers or left brain thinkers. Just because wedding photography in general is such an emotional and connective service. So therefore, most of us, like us photographers, we think a little bit more right-brained. We think a little bit more emotional because wedding photography is such an emotional and connective service. So, but we have to remember like not all clients think that way and not all people that are coming to you for your service think that way. But if you can pick up on clients who are maybe more left-brained thinkers, then you're going to know that you need to respond to them to help shift them into more right-brained thinking. So if they're left-brained thinking more analytical, you want to shift them into right-brain more emotional on that emotional side. So for me personally, most of this is done on a phone call. So for an example, some a good way to pick up on this is that they fill out your inquiry form and they're very ABC, one, two, three, you know, like this is what it's going to be. They're short. We want to know your pricing, all of this stuff. We're just price shopping. We want to know the price and we want to know the packages and all that stuff. Um, then you can kind of maybe assume that they're maybe more left brain thinking. They just kind of want the facts and all that stuff. And maybe they don't go much into detail about their day or what they're looking for. Um, whereas if they are more right brained, they might really lean into the emotional side of what they envision for their day and what their story and what they envision feeling and all that stuff. Um, and they might be obviously more, you know, once you can kind of know which one they are. So if they, if they are more left brain thinking, you can really use that phone call to talk to them about the emotional and connective point and like pieces of wedding photography and like the value of your services, the value of the services you provide, what the experience looks like, tell them a story, talk to them about that and like kind of help shift them and like kind of like bridge that gap. Like, like fill, you know, take them across the bridge to like bring them more to the like right brain thinking that side. So my, and this is something that so many photographers just aren't doing because they're just responding to a lot of inquiries the same way. And they're not really taking the time to analyze those inquiry forms to figure out, you know, to pick up on people's basic human needs and figure out their love language and, you know, see if they're left brain or right brain thinkers. And then once you know all that, you really know how to respond to them in a way that they perceive love, in a way that's really going to be connected with them, in a way that's really going to be converting for them too. Yeah. Oh, I love those. And I have a couple follow-up questions from that. Hey there, just interrupting briefly to mention that if you're really enjoying this episode, you'll probably also love being on my email list. Each week, I send out tips and resources and inspiration to make building your business feel more fun. We dive deeper into the podcast episodes, we share relatable and sometimes embarrassing stories about the real life behind the scenes of being a business owner. And I love to share tips and resources to help make the journey feel a little easier and a little bit more enjoyable. So head on over to KristaMarieLynch.com and enter in your info to join. So from the last thing that you were just talking about is obviously like creating custom responses. Do you still send like an any sort of like automated inquiries received, like I'll be in touch soon or do you just like respond with like the like completely personalized message? I respond with a completely personalized message just because my contact form is um, on HoneyBook. And so I would have to take the time to like create one anyways and like to have like a standard one. And I want that first point of contact 
from me because that is our, how you respond is the very first point of contact that you have with them of their entire experience because their journey with you has started before you are responding to them, how they came across you, whether that's on social media or they heard about you in person, how they looked at your social media and experienced your social media, how they experienced your website, how they experienced your contact form. Their experience, their client experience with you has already started. And so this is just your first point of contact and communication. So I want it to be banging. Like I want it to be a good res- good response. I don't want it to be generic. So I do take the time to customize that, but I do have like set templates that's like I use as a base. Um, mm-hmm. that way I'm not starting from scratch every single time and I don't forget things. So that way I know what I'm highlighting on and I know that I can customize things again. So say if they value significance, I know I can pick up on that and be like, okay, I got to add in some where I've been featured things here and maybe a couple blog posts here or, um, you know, stuff like that, that I can really customize to them. Um, but I do have like base templates that I use. I just customize mm-hmm. that first one like crazy. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And then when you talked about like the price shopping emails and inquiries, Mm -hmm. those I think are so tricky because like you mentioned, it's so much easier once you can get them on the phone to really describe, but how do you handle even getting them on the phone? Because I think that's one of the trickiest things is like they just want to know price. They don't want to have like all of this other fluffy stuff. So then like, do you have any tips of like how to write those emails in a way that actually makes them want to get on the phone? Yeah. So when I look at like my call to action and stuff like that too, and like their response, that is my only call to action. Their only option from that email is to get on the phone with me um, most of the time. And it just totally depends on the inquiry too, because I always say if it's a really standard, straightforward wedding, as in it's local, they are, you know, they know their budget and they're within what I, the budget that I offer. They want a 10 hour, eight hour day. Like it's very standard. Mm-hmm. I just send them my pricing up front. And I just send it in that email and that way they can kind of look at it. And then the call to action is to get them on the phone. Mm -hmm. If it's now, if it's someone who's just price shopping is unsure, but I feel like it's super aligned and I can pick up on other things. It's kind of case by case basis. Then I I don't send them pricing right away. And a lot of it depends too, because I do a lot of elopements or I do a lot of like non-traditional weddings and stuff too. So I do a ton of custom proposals. I actually do custom proposals as much as possible. It's very rare that I just send standard pricing. And so a good way to do this too is just to say, because your wedding is so unique, because I want to serve you the the best that I can um, for your wedding because it's unique and no weddings are the same, I would love to create a custom proposal, but I would love, like, we need, I would love to talk to you on the phone to get a little bit more um, information so I can provide that to you, you know, within your means of what you can, what you're thinking. But I do think a lot of people get really discouraged when they see that people are just price shopping and they think, oh, they're not my ideal client or, They can't, uh, they're not within my budget, so it's not like I can't do it. But, um, that's, I think, very false. And I think something that I get excited for when people say that they are just price shopping, I get excited because I'm like, okay, this is my chance to step up and showcase them, like to educate them on the value of the service that I provide and like what I can do to serve them and all that stuff. And I think, a lot of people view it as, oh, they're just not my ideal client if they can't afford me. And I think that is, I don't know where 
the industry picked up that mentality because I think that's horrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think it's wrong because, you know, this is the first time a lot of people are getting married or they have no idea. This is the first time maybe some of them are reaching out to photographers. They have no idea. So they, they're not trying to like cut you down. They just might not know. It's our job because this is what we do as a profession. This is what we do. It's our job to educate them on the value of the service that we provide. And, you know, I've even gotten an example of like just this whole process that I follow and what I do is that I got an inquiry for a really cool like elopement in Glacier National Park and the budget was wouldn't even cover my travel out there. Like it was so low. It was just not within the means, but it was such an aligned couple, such an aligned wedding that I just, I wanted to work with them so badly. So I followed my whole process and these, all these, the whole workflow that I do. And I, you know, I got them on the phone. I was able to like kind of educate them. I created custom proposals. I really connected with them. I did all these things. And they ended up not only booking my highest package that I sent them, but it was the highest paying wedding I had had ever to that date. Wow. And it was like five times the amount of what they put on their budget. Mm -hmm. So it was, and so that's just a really good example of if I would have just discarded that because their budget was low right away, you know, you wouldn't have even, we wouldn't have had that opportunity. And it just challenges us as business owners, entrepreneurs to really step into our expertise and step into being that expert and authority. And like people are coming to you for a service showcase that and provide them and don't just have this mentality of, oh, if they're just price shopping, mm-hmm. that they're not, you know, that they're not my ideal client. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like you've already talked through so much of the, like the reaching out process. Do you have any tips for like, once you get them on the phone? Cause I think that's also a common stress point for, for any like client based like service providers like oh my gosh okay now I have them on the phone I feel like this is my 30 minute chance to really like try and sell them on like why I'm the best fit yeah and so I always think too when you're following what I was saying with creating custom responses creating custom proposals focusing on connection it doesn't feel like you're selling and pitching Mm -hmm. yourself like when you're really just truly focusing on creating that connection and serving them and loving them in a way that you have picked up on that you know that they will love, they're going to feel so valued and seen and loved by you. And it also, though, like like you said, it also kind of is a time to talk your, not talk yourself up, but just talk up why you're, why they need your services, why you're the best fit. And I think a lot of times, a lot of people get really confused and they say, like, they get confused and caught up in saying, I don't know. I see this on like Facebook group posts, right? If someone says, oh, looking for a a photographer of this elopement here. And their response says, oh, I would love to shoot in that location. Here's my information. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not all just about, oh, and because clients aren't going to say, oh, you, you want to shoot there? Oh, you are the photographer for us. Like that's not a selling point. It's not about you. It's not about us as photographers. It's about them, how you are how you can serve them the best and how, why you're the good, you're the best fit in the way of how you do what you do, why you do what you do, like your, how your approach is different, what they're going to get out of their experience from you Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't get from anyone else. Maybe why I'm thinking of like, maybe if you're an elopement photographer, you want to photograph a uh, a wedding that's in the Colorado mountains or something like that. It's not just, Oh, I would love to shoot at that location. It's that, I I know 
I know the Colorado locations. I know how to navigate and like use, you know, my maps to figure out the best, the best, um, like elopement ceremony locations and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And here's like my experience with, you know, elopements or, um, like elopements in the mountains or anything like that. And if you don't have that experience too, I think, and this goes for like, venues and stuff too. If you haven't shot at that venue or you don't have that experience, another thing you could say is, yeah, like I haven't shot at that wedding venue, but you know what? My best work and I am most creative in brand new places. Mm -hmm. So I actually do think I would serve you best because that is when I produce my best work is when I'm in a brand new place and in a brand new location versus a place that I've shot a million times. Mm-hmm. I lo- I get more c- creative in new places. So that's kind of like, yeah, just using different, se- like kind of selling points and connective points to kind of like use that on the phone. But I do actually have like a phone call outline, um, like a freebie phone call outline. So I can give you that link. Oh, it's a yeah, freebie that I have. So I'll give you that link so that the listeners can use, um, go download that freebie because I th- so think that's good. So it goes over a video of like the outline of a phone call that I follow and like the reasoning why and then like I provide an outline and all that stuff. Just a rough outline that people can follow yeah. and all of that stuff. But I do think this is a step that a lot of photographers like still aren't doing. And if they are doing, because a lot of people are like, yeah, I get them on the phone. They're not doing it in a connective and compelling way. And I think there's just a truly an art to this. And like I said, I go over all that in my freebie. So I think that'd be a really good resource. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And I think, like you mentioned, I think honestly, this is like, this is the hardest part of the the booking process is like the inquiry, like really kind of, we have this short amount of time to really be able to connect, communicate, build that relationship. Once they book, you're like, great. Now you can like really bring them through the entire, like your amazing client experience and all of that. Um, but yeah, this is, and I think for a lot of photographers, it's hard because if you're not getting a lot of inquiries, you're also not able to figure out like, what's working, what's not working. Like that's one thing I've found working with other clients is like, they're just not getting enough in to be able to try things to be like, well, is this working? Is this not working? So it's like any best practices and tips that it's like, okay, I'm just going to like put my best foot forward. And really when that best foot forward is I'm just going to connect with these people. Like you could try a million different like selling strategies and like saying all this like stuff. But I think at the end of the day, if you go into each of these like emails, calls with like, I just want to serve them the best way that I know how and like really build connection with them. Like that's one of the best things that you can do. Absolutely. And I think like people do get really caught up in thinking, oh, I need to try this, you know, selling strategy. I need to try this strategy. It's like strip it all down, be your absolute self. And I I hate that's so cliche when everyone's like, oh, just be yourself. But I think when you really can just focus on the biggest piece that you can do is just focus on connecting, Mm -hmm. connecting with picking up on those traits that we talked about earlier on with them, connect in ways that are going to serve them for their specific day and just customize that and uh, connect with them. And I think that's where you just can't go wrong. And if they end up going in a different direction, you know that you don't have to feel weird because you're not like, oh, I pitched myself and they don't want me. Like you were just talking to them and connecting with them as humans. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think like if I ever get someone who decides not to go with me for photography, and I've been like this for years, I have never got offended yeah. at all. Like I've actually been really excited when people come to me and be like, you know, we did find another photographer, we went into another direction. I'm like, that's like, they found the perfect photographer for them. Like, that's awesome. I'm happy for them because I don't, I would hate for someone to book me and not 
not feel that connection or not actually want to have me and wanted to have someone else. And so I'm actually excited when that happens for um, people. And I've never really taken it too personal just because I know I connected with them in, you know, just a way. And then it just, if it ever did come down to anything, it was just nothing to take personal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Um, I do have one more question that I'd love to chat with you about. And I love asking kind of like, you know, as business owners, as business owners, we're always like learning and relearning sometimes the same things. Like we'll literally learn something. And then two years later, we're like, oh yeah, relearning that again. Um, (laughs) Is there anything that you recently either like learned for the first time or like relearn from a different perspective that you feel like was like a really big, like game changer for you? Oh, that is a really good question. Nothing comes to my mind like off the top of my mind. Oh, you know what? Yes, it yes it does. Blogging. So I've had a system for blogging down for so long. This is like a completely random different topic. <laughs> no, that's fine. Had, we've had a system down for blogging for so long. And I recently did a podcast episode and I was like listening to it again and just she just like opened my mind on shifting the way we do blogging because before I would blog a wedding or a session and like really talk about the couple mm-hmm. and like talk about the session and talk about the couple, but realizing like, yeah, it's not really doing much for my SEO. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, people aren't searching about that couple or searching about those things. They're, lo- they're searching for location and location tips and like all these things. And so we have like kind of stripped down our blogging system a little bit and like refocused things a little bit into more location specific and more SEO driven and just like educating people on like how to shoot at a specific location even and then like showcasing that session at that location. So, um we yeah, there we did a podcast episode about that. It's just like how to actually blog um on my podcast and it just like blew my mind. I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we've got to change some things." So, I would say that's been like a recent like aha moment of something like you were saying we've been doing for all these mm-hmm. years. And then you then you realize, okay, there's a better way to do this. Yeah. Um, which I think is awesome is just is entrepreneurship in a shell, honestly. It, it really is. And I know like when I was first starting, because and I knew other photographers that were so good. I'm like, first of all, how do you even if you get this information from them on a forum, like how do you translate it into like an entire blog post where it's like all about them? You know, every single aspect of their life. I'm like, I can't even imagine the questionnaire that must have to go into all of these details to gather this information. And it always stressed me out because that was something that I've always, I'm always like, even though I'm creative, I'm kind of more like analytical. Like I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. I like get right to the point. Like I'm not, I'm not good at like creating the fluffy blog posts. And so that always stressed me yeah. out. And I actually yes. love that like now with more of a focus on like, actually, I'm going to do this more intentionally for SEO. It's like, oh, great. I can talk about like, the facts of like the venue and like all of these things. And it'll actually kind of help in both regards. But it definitely used to be the case where it was like, how, how wonderful of a story can you tell about your couple? And that was kind of like what I felt like photographers were like, low key Mm -hmm. competing on is like, oh, wow, look at this beautiful story. And now it's like, oh, we don't really need to do that to help grow our business. And as long as your clients are featured and their images are there, they're like going to be thrilled either way. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. That's I so agree with that. You probably love that too. It's like so helpful for you. Oh, yeah. It's so great. Well, and I also just took way too long in my business to focus on SEO. Like I did not I, I literally in the last I've been in business for 12 years. And I only in the last year have really started to think about it. And it and I kick myself for it because it's like wow I could have right. been making so I'm I just made it so much harder for myself yeah. but 
you live and you learn. So for anyone listening that's like newer in business, don't stress about SEO, but like start thinking about it kind of early on. Sure. Better late than never. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, and like you said, though, there really wasn't at that point, it was like you're either going to hire someone to like for thousands of dollars to do your SEO. And really, only in the last however many years, like that's actually been an accessible thing of getting education around that and like getting yeah, courses and workshops. Exactly. So, exactly. But yeah, but this yeah. was so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining today. Um, And let us know too. So, like, where, yeah, feel free to share if you have the link available. Otherwise, I'll post it in the show notes for uh, the freebie. Um, but feel free to, if you have that link on hand, feel free to share that. Um, but then also just let us know, like, where can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Um, your podcast information, all that. Yeah. So I'll give you that link so that, um, cause I think it's just like a longer link. So okay, I can give you that link. But, um, people can find me on Instagram. I'm at Rachel Traxler, or you can find out just all more information at, uh, Um, and yeah, my podcast is the gold biz podcast. So that's, uh, three really good ways. I think that you can find me, uh, probably the best ways to find me there. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining. It was, this is just so you. great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. One last thing before you go, I'd absolutely love it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you've already left a review, I'd love for you to share this episode with your business bestie. I love getting to shout out my listeners on the show. And the more listeners that we have, the more that I can help others create a thriving and sustainable business too. Thank you so much again for being a part of this community, and I can't wait to hear your takeaways from today's episode.